Thanks for listening to the Courageous Church Podcast. We want you to know that wherever you are, God is with you. We hope this message leaves you feeling loved, encouraged, and courageous. We thank you for tuning in. Courageous Church, courageous people. And now, here's today's message. Well, we're starting a brand new series called The Blessed Life. And uh, this is all about being blessed, but not only being blessed, but how to steward the blessing, how to handle the blessing and what to do, uh, uh, how, to, how to walk in that blessing. And so I'm excited because I really feel like God has given me some things to share with you guys over the next few weeks that can really change the way that you see being blessed and the way that you steward the blessing that God has given you. And so I'm just excited because I know that God has given us some really, really good things to move into. Uh, we are in year two of our church. Hello, somebody. We are two year. We are two years and two months old. Let's go. We. I keep trying to get away with telling people we just a baby church, but then you know all these people show up on eleven o'clock service. I'm like, okay, we kind of. I think we might be a little toddler church, a little two year old church, something like that. But we are still a very young church, and there's a lot that God is still putting into our foundation. And one of those things that I'm excited about is that God has called every single one of us to be blessed. And uh, if you don't know that, that that is to your disadvantage because God has already called you to be blessed. You are to you are to be blessed and to be a blessing. I'll help you get there in just a minute. Let's turn to Exodus chapter three, verse seven. Exodus chapter three, verse seven. Keep playing that blessed in the background. I like that. I need to get in somebody's spirit right there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and let me say this to you. Let me pray for everybody who has ADHD. I get it. This screen's going to go out and on, and you're going to be like, ah, oh, ah, oh. don't worry. I got you covered. I got the sermon. It's all here. I always prepare well, so I don't need graphics. I don't really don't need my notes. I, I memorize most of my message because you guys are that important to me. I prepare to make sure that I'm ready to preach to you guys. And so don't worry if the screens go out. I got you covered. So stick with me. Stay with me. We're having some technical issues. We're going to get it fixed this week in Jesus' name. Can't wait for Monday to come around so we can get this thing down and to whoever it needs to go to so they can do maintenance on it in Jesus' name. It costs way too much not to be working right in Jesus' name. All right, you guys are there. Exodus chapter 3, verse number 7. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. Shout out to, to Social Status for putting me together this week. Got my man here work, work for Social Status as well. Am I saying it right, Social Status? Social Status, a, a great, great shopping place. Y'all need to go check it out. It's over in uh, Hyde Park Village. Uh, they got some great gear over there, so check them out. I've been badgering one of their employees to come visit us at church, and he finally came. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, y'all, hey, don't let this guy get out of the building without 25 hugs, all right? In Jesus' name. Yeah, you single? Oh, okay. Don't hug him too tight, ladies, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. He's trying to walk in his blessing in Jesus' name. Yes, hallelujah. Yeah, now if you if you white, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me leave you alone, brother. I'm not even going to mess with you like that. Have you having, having problems at the end of service? Exodus chapter number three, verse seven. Y'all ready? Here we go. I feel like preaching too. All right, it says, Then the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. This is God speaking to Moses at the burning bush. And he's helping him to understand what he's about to ask him to do and why and what he's going to promise to give his people. He says, I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. I want you to know that God is concerned about anyone who is suffering. I want you to know that we serve a God that cares about everyone and everything. Amen? So I've come down to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up and out of that land into a good and spacious land. I love that God is very specific. He says, not only is the land going to be good, but it's going to be spacious. Hello, somebody. I like spacious land. That's good stuff. You can do a lot with space. A land flowing with milk and honey. Let me say that again. A land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to add Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 to this mix because I really feel like it's going to help us bake this cake well. And it says, verse 15, chapter 2, verse 15, Genesis, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Good stuff all by itself. I want to preach to y'all for the next 36 minutes, 26 seconds from the subject cows and bees cows and bees 
Look at your neighbor and say, you'll understand it towards the end. Yeah. I decided to go with one of my mentors' style of preaching, which is giving you an opportunity to not understand what I'm preaching about until I get there. So you'll have to stick in there and pay attention to the message. Amen? Let us pray. Awesome, God. Thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to meet, to be in this room. We get to do this twice. This is the second service where your people are about to be spoken into. I'm thankful for all these people that are in this room. My goodness gracious, not many empty seats. And God, I thank you for those that are watching online right now. I pray, Father, that you would make this word come alive for those who are listening. I thank you for the promised land that you've called them all to. And I thank you, Father, that you're going to give us some tools today to walk in our promised land the way that you intended for us to. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout amen. Uh, It is my absolute belief that God has called all of us to be blessed. Can I get a good amen right there? I'm trying to convince you all service that you're blessed. That's why we're singing, we're blessed in the city, we're blessed in the field. That's why we're singing songs about being blessed because I don't believe that enough of God's people believe that they were called to be blessed. You know, there was this movement in the body of Christ at one point called the prosperity gospel. And a lot of us uh, decided that so hard against the prosperity gospel because there were some flaws that were there. There were some, there, there were some, there were some things in some parts of that teaching that may or may not have been biblical. And so some of us have decided to just run totally the opposite way from, from believing that God has called you to be prosperous because of some bad teaching or some bad doctrine that you may have been exposed to. But the truth of the matter is, is that God wants you to be blessed. Oh, this is good. I'm going to push you today. God doesn't only want you to be blessed, but he wants you to be a blessing. Oh, this is good. This is good all by itself. God wants you to be so blessed that you can barely stand to hold the blessing to where you have to look up and find a way to bless other people. Find a way to be a blessing to people around you, not just yourself. Let me give you a couple of verses that will help you understand that God wants you to be blessed without a doubt. 3 John chapter 1, that's 3 John, this first, second, and 3 John is the book right before Revelations, and it reads this, chapter, uh, 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 3 John chapter 1 verse 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in, and, and be, and be in health, just as your soul prospers. I love that, he, the, that the Bible says that not only does, does he want your soul to prosper, but it also wants, he also wants you to prosper. He, wants, he prays that you may prosper and be in good health. He wants you to have good health, and he wants you to be prosperous. He wants you to be in good health, and he wants you to be prosperous. Just as prosperous as your soul is, being saved, being delivered, now you're going to heaven. Hallelujah. Praise God that we're all going to go to heaven because our soul is prospering. But can I tell you something? God created us for dominion. God created us to subdue the earth. When we were created in the book of Genesis, we were created for dominion. We were created to have reign over the earth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. This is important for you to know because this is how God designed mankind from the beginning. Before we fell, before Adam and Eve messed up in the Garden of Eden, before they ate of the forbidden fruit, we had dominion and God wanted us to have dominion over everything in the earth. And so when we sinned and sin came into our hearts, we were were separated from that dominion until we received Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. Now when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that dominion is restored to you, and some of us are ignorant of it. God called you to be blessed so that you can be a blessing to others. This is good. Let me read another verse to you. Y'all gonna make me work for it. I love it. Let's go. I'm a fighter. James chapter 1 verse 17 says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. That means he's the same good God yesterday, today, and forever. That means the same God that can bless someone else can bless you as well right where you are. And not only does he give gifts, but he gives good gifts, and he gives perfect gifts, and it comes from above, and your Father desires to give you good gifts and bless your life and give you things so that you can be be blessed 
blessed, and most importantly, so you can be a blessing to others around you. I need you to understand that it's better to be blessed than it is to need a blessing. I'd rather be on the side of God blessing my life and giving me abundance so that I can add value to someone else or something else around me than to be in need all the time and have a poverty mindset about life, about money, about resources. I need God to bless me with abundance so I can do an abundant work here on the earth because if God will bless me with it, I will make sure that it, it, it doesn't just stay with me, but it also passes through me so that I can be a blessing to those around me. Let me prove that to you. This is in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. It says, this is God speaking to Abram before his name became Abraham. It says, I will make you a great nation. My goodness. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Did you see those four, those four promises that God promised Abram before he became Abraham? He says, listen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to cause a great nation to come from you. A nation cannot be great without prosperity, without blessings sitting on them. You can't be great without resource. You can't be great without having what you need to be great. God says, I'm going to cause you to, to, to produce a great nation. That means your children's children's children are going to be blessed because of the blessing that sits on your life. I need a grandmother in here to be excited about the fact that God broke something over you that broke over your daughter and your children and that's now broken over your grandchildren. Come on, somebody. I need somebody who walked up out of some terrible situations and some bad stuff to say, thank God I endured like a good soldier and I broke the back of the enemy as it relates to poverty and as it relates to a mindset so that my children could walk and live and what is now normal for them that I broke through when I was at it. I need some people who broken through some barriers and shattered some glass ceilings to be excited about the fact that your children don't have to shatter the same glass ceilings to walk and be who God called them to be. And so God is telling Abram, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you, I'm going to make a great nation with you. I'm going to bless you and make your name great. He says, not only am I going to bless you with a resource, but I'm going to cause your name to be great amongst the land that you live in. I love this. When my children go somewhere, my name has some weight to it. Now I'm 40 years old now, so I'm grown, grown. Hello, somebody. I've been waiting for this opportunity to say this. I'm grown, grown. So my children now, when they go around the kingdom and they go around colleges and different things, they, they throw their weight around. I say, be careful when you use my name, princess, because said that's gonna, that may open some doors for you. And so just be careful because I don't want you to open doors just because my name is great. I want to make sure you earn it. I want to make sure you work for it as well. But they do know they have access to favor because their father's name means something. I love this. How many of you know you have favor because your father's name means something? You don't come in your own name, but you come in the name of the father that sent you you come in the name of the father who blessed you and because you walk in your father's name you have access to the stuff he has access to Ooh, this is good this is good my kids know what they have access to it may not be their money but they know their daddy has the money and if he decides to spend it they get some of it too especially that young one he know what's up he, and we can't go nowhere. He's taking all my stuff. I, at the Nike store yesterday, trying to hook myself up, buying, buying some stuff for myself. The boy didn't made me spend all my Nike dollars on him. <laughs> Look at him today. He's wearing Nike because his daddy has, has been blessed to be a blessing to him. He didn't have it, but his daddy had it. Oh, I like that. Some of you may not have it, but I need you to understand that your father has it for you. And you're called to be a blessing. And he wants, he wants to bless you. And he's going to cause you to be a blessing. And your name is going to mean something. Your name is going to mean something different. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God is redeeming some of your names. Some of you had bad names coming up. Your, your, your name was a bad name in your neighborhood, in the places that you came from when you see them Williams coming you go the other way when you see those Joneses coming you don't mess with them Joneses because them Joneses will be tripping they got drama and trauma drama and trauma all at the same time wrapped up in your mama all that kind of stuff going on at the same time but God has redeemed some of you guys and set you free he saved you he pulled you out he set you free from the trauma and the drama that you went through and now your name means something and when they see your kids coming now they look at them differently than they did when you were a kid because you did something Thing to help your children walk free from the curse that was on your name. Oh my goodness, that's some good stuff right there. And so, this is some good stuff because I really believe that God wants you to understand 
how blessed you are. And he wants the children of Israel to understand how blessed they were about to be to step into what is the promised land as I started reading this. And this is good stuff because it made me think back about a time when I was in my 20s. Now I can, I can, I can, think, back, I can think back decades, back you know, two decades ago when I was in my 20s. Father, I'm getting old now. Praise him. Hallelujah. That's called wisdom. That's called grace. Hello, somebody. Yeah, I need somebody over 40 to say amen. amen. Yeah, y'all don't leave your boy out here by himself. Amen. We ain't old. <laughs> Try me if you want to. I got, I, got, I got one quick minute in me right when that minute is over with. You might get me, but I'm going to get you first. <laughs> when I was in my 20s, I remember wanting a particular workout item so badly. I was too young to afford it, brand new. And so one day I, I passed a garage sale. And I saw the most incredible item that I had been asking for, telling my wife I wanted one of, and it was a treadmill. Oh, come on now. Now, now, now treadmills were expensive. They were really expensive. And, and, and so I told the Lord, I said, I'd love a treadmill, but I can't afford a treadmill right now. I got to run on regular ground because I can't afford the treadmill. You know, I can't do that. that. That's not the kind of money I got right now. I have two kids, and I'm married, and I'm young. Hello, somebody. Yeah, struggle bus was real, yeah, being in the 20s. And so I'm in Bible college, and, and we decided to go through this neighborhood for this garage sale, and we ran past a treadmill being sold at a garage sale. Now, you know, your pastor, I'm willing and dealing and negotiating, and I'm trying to get that price down, and I got it down, and boy, I, I was able to leave with that treadmill right away. I put it in my, I don't know how we made it fit in the car. I mean, we couldn't put the, we couldn't put the, 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 the trunk down on the thing, and we had to tie it down over the top. I mean, it was crazy, y'all. Had to drive 10 miles an hour back to the house, but I had a treadmill, and ooh, I was so excited because I had me a treadmill. I finally had what I had been dreaming about, this wonderful workout item that would help me get all my workout done in one moment if I could just get on the treadmill. And I got the treadmill to the house, plugged it up, and got on it. And, man, I had a solid, amazing workout. I got a little sweat in. Everything was great. I loved it. And then I didn't get on it no more. I let the excuse of life being so busy Stopped me from working out on it. And, and it was one of those ones that folds up. You know, it folds up and you got to fold it down when you're ready to work out. It folded up and it folded up in such a way that clothes looked really good on it. And so I started stacking like my clothes on there. When I take my clothes out, I stack my clothes on to the point to where I couldn't even see the treadmill anymore because it was buried under a mountain of clothes. And, and, and months passed and I didn't get on the treadmill. A year passed, I hadn't got back on the treadmill. And, and eventually I forgot I even had the treadmill, and the treadmill did me no good except one good workout. This thing I had prayed about that I knew was going to be a blessing in my life ended up giving it away to somebody else because we never really used it. Why am I telling you this story? Because I believe that God is, has, has blessed the children of Israel in this new season of walking into the promised land where they're about to walk into a promised land where they have to actually utilize the blessing and do something about being in that space that's going to take advantage of being in the promised land. You see, I had a treadmill, but it wasn't the blessing that it should have been to me because I didn't take advantage of the blessing. I didn't apply myself to the blessing. I didn't allow myself to do the work necessary for it to be a blessing. And oftentimes we're looking for a quick fix where God will give us something where we have to do nothing in return and we can just say, hallelujah, it's a miracle. It happened again. He did it again. Girl, won't he do it? No, he didn't do it this time. You're going to have to work for this one. And this is what he's telling the children of Israel. It's like, listen, you're going to have to work for this one. I'm not going to just put you in the promised land and let it just be normal. You're going to have to do some things in the promised land to take ownership of that promised land, to walk in the blessing of that promised land, to be able to enjoy that promised land. And so I think many of us are standing right in the middle of our promised lands and we fail to recognize it because it's in the form of cows and bees. Sheesh, this is good. Give me that, give me the milk. Give me, give me the cow. Give, let me see what you got. Give, give me that stuff. And so here's the thing. I, I think that oftentimes we're asking God for milk and honey. Thank you, sir. Yeah, got me a gallon of milk. Got me some honey. Make sure I make this scene really well. See, oftentimes... 
We want the promised land, which is milk and honey, right? Oh, man, I got me some milk. Oh, can you, do you know what I can do with this milk? Oh, man, this milk is good stuff. And, and this honey right here, whoo-hoo, man, I can hook some stuff up with this wonderful, amazing honey. Isn't it jarred so well? Look, it looks really nice and fancy. It's got labels on it and all kind of great stuff. And, and oftentimes we're looking for God to bring us into our promised land, which is flowing with milk and honey that the Bible says. And we're expecting to see milk and honey immediately in the promised land. And the truth is, in order to get to milk and honey, you're going to have to deal with some cows and some bees. So let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff that the children of Israel had to do, because I believe that the promised land also involves process. Oh, we don't want to hear that, though. We don't want to hear that. No, 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 pastor. No, 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 no. I've already struggled. No, 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 no. I did my season of struggle. I'm no, 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 no. Don't tell me that. I've already done that. Done been there, done that. Got a T-shirt. I'm done with that season. I don't want to be fighting nothing else. I don't want to have to struggle nothing else. The promised land is supposed to be nice and easy. Why are you messing with me? Why are you giving me? something different I don't want to hear it I want my I want my I want my milk and I want my honey and I want it to look like the Bible told that it was going to look like where's the milk and the honey and I'm sure the children of Israel said the same thing when they walked into the promised land the land of Canaan only to find that they still had to do some work to maintain it Ooh, this is good so let's talk a little bit about this because I believe that a lot of us are standing in our promised lands and we're, we're, we're overlooking it because it's in the form of bees and cows instead of milk and honey. And so let's talk about this a little bit. Here's the first thing I want you to take note of if you're writing down notes. Okay, number one, the promise requires a partnership. The promise requires a partnership. With who? With God. Let me tell you, God desires to partner with all of us. He desires to partner with you. Can you imagine? God is the best business partner you could ever have. He's the best, he's the best investor that you could ever meet. He, ha- he owns cattle on a thousand hills. He, he is absolutely loaded with resource. Hello, somebody. He's who you want to partner with. And here's what we think sometimes. We are waiting on God to bless us and give us what we want, and we're not going to do anything in return. Now, that's a poverty mindset to expect something without doing anything. Oh, this is good. This is good. See, the Bible says that faith without works is dead being left alone. And so you can't just expect God to just bless you if you're not going to get off your blessed assurance and not be lazy. Blessed assurance. I'm just singing a song. Don't be mad at me. Some of y'all ready to stone me because you thought that the promised land meant that you could sit back and chill that you could get your lazy boy out, kick your feet up, and rest. But can I tell you something? When you get into the promised land, God is expecting you to partner with him, just like he partnered with Adam in the Garden of Eden. I read Genesis chapter 2 to you guys because I wanted to show you that even Adam, in his unfallen state, this is the perfect man, Adam. This is the man that God called us all to be. He put him in the center of the Garden of Eden And gave him a job. What? He said, hey, I'm going to put you in the garden and I want you to work it. What? Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you to work it. Uh huh. God wants you to work it. He he wants to partner with you, but he wants to trust that when he gives it to you, you're going to maintain it. He wants to trust that when he speaks something that you're going to do what he told you to do. Oftentimes, partnership just looks like obedience. Did you see what God spoke to Abram? See, now, before he told him, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to cause you to be a great nation, I'm going to bless those who bless you, I'm going to curse those who curse you, you know all that great stuff, right? That was a precursor to that. And that was, Abram, get away from thy country, from thy kinfolk, and from thy father's house. This is Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. To a land that I will show you. And when you do that, then I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless those who bless you. I'm going to curse those who curse you. The precursor was obedience. And oftentimes, God wants to partner with us, and it looks like obedience of us doing what he told us to do first. When he speaks, we do just like that. Now, when he tells us to do something, we need to operate in that so that we can do our part. It's a partnership. You have a part to play. Touch your neighbor and say, I got a part to play. play. Yeah, I'm going to make you love your neighbor before we get out of here. 
See, when you do your part, God will do his part. Okay? What you take part in producing, oh, this is good. I didn't even say this first service. What you take part in producing, you actually appreciate more. See, we keep blessing our children, yeah, especially those who didn't have growing up. I'm learning this lesson myself. When you didn't have growing up, all you want to do is be a blessing to your kids. I mean, you want them to enjoy everything you didn't get to enjoy, have everything you didn't get to have, do everything you didn't get to do, go everywhere you didn't get to go, go vacation the way you want them to vacation and all that wonderful stuff. But the truth of the matter is, is if you give your children the blessing without giving them the work ethic to understand what it means to keep it, then they don't appreciate it like you would appreciate it. You're appreciating seeing them have it more than they actually appreciate having it. And that's when you raise spoiled children who don't appreciate anything. And they're so used to the blessing that they don't even appreciate it because they didn't play a part in it. You gave it to them without making them keep their chores up. You gave it to them without telling them they got to keep their work ethic up. You gave it to them without telling them they got to keep the grass up. You gave it to them without telling them they got to take the dog for a walk. Make these children work so that they appreciate the blessing that they have. And we'll stop raising so many children who are privileged and who are, who are, who are, who are spoiled rotten. It, let me tell you what we need to pass to our children. Work ethic. We need, to, we need to pass commitment. We need to pass respect. We need to pass honor to our children so that they understand what it took for daddy and mommy to get what they have. So when they partner, they appreciate it more. So now I tie blessing to doing chores. Oh, you didn't do it? No, sir. Not today. Oh, you, you, oh, you think you're going outside? Not today. We're going to be sitting in the house together. You're going to be watching daddy fall asleep and wake up. <laughs> now go upstairs and clean that room up. Oh, you want to clean now? Oh, you want to go outside? I knew you wanted to go outside. Get on up there then. Do what you think. All right, uh-huh. send me a picture. Let me see if it's done. All right, now go, go right ahead. Teaching worth ethic. Work ethic is so important because God wants to partner with someone who's not lazy. He wants, to, he wants to partner with someone who's willing to do the work necessary to maintain the promised land when you get it. My goodness, ever prayed for a house? Lord, I want 3,600 square feet. Ooh, I want it. 3,600 square feet, four bedrooms, and an office. Maybe even a theater room. Ooh, that would be nice. I want, I want carpet upstairs everywhere, but hard floors everywhere downstairs. I mean, you got to figure it out in your head. You got, to, you got the picture perfect house in your head, but, but are you still picturing the maintenance and cleaning? Are you still picturing how much it takes to clean 3,600 square feet versus the 1,200 square feet you live in now? Are you, still, are, you still, are you still thinking about the vacuum cleaner that has to go once a week to keep those nice floors looking good? Are you still thinking about the squeegee that you got to move across those hard floors to make sure that they look like they need to look? Are you still thinking about the grass that you got to cut now? Are you still thinking about your HOA fees that you got to pay now? Are you still thinking about the stuff that you got to do to make sure the house stays maintenance? Are you thinking about the taxes that you got to pay? Are you setting that aside? Oh, come on now. I'm talking good. I'm talking better than y'all preaching now because a lot of us pray for a blessing that we're not willing to do the work to maintain. And God is looking to partner with people who are not lazy because lazing and losing are synonymous. And we got to be careful that we don't end up being lazy in the promised land God has called us to. Oh, can I tell you something? When you get into the promised land, that's when it should kick in the hardest. That's when you want to work the hardest because now that you're in it, it can multiply. It can, do, it can do a lot more. This is what you've been praying for. This is the opportunity of a lifetime you've been waiting for. And now that God has opened the door for you, you're going to sit? Shut up. Stand up. Get your back straight and grab the mop. Grab the broom and be ready to work. Can I get a good amen right there? Amen. Number two, the blessing will often come in raw materials. <laughs> <laughs> I love this because oftentimes we're standing in what, what is uh, all everything we need to create uh, 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 movement and prosperity in this season of, of walking into the promised land. And we ignore it because it's in the form of raw materials. Raw materials. Let me just think here. Um, just think about what you have on right now. Just every, from, from top to bottom. Okay. 
Some of you have hats on. Those hats had to be manufactured in a, in a factory. Somebody had to touch it, put the metal fastenings on it, and change it out, put the logo on it, had to be stitched in. Some of you have on shirts. Do you understand how much cotton it takes to make one shirt? How much cotton it takes to make one shirt? I got a 2X. This is a whole lot of cotton up here that it took to make one shirt. Someone had to had to make this on, on, on a sewing machine, put it together, put seams in it so they can come together, create arms for it to go into. Someone had to do it. If you got a watch on, somebody had to dig that metal out of the ground and, and, and change it up, heat it up to, me, to, to melt it and to make it into the form of, of watch straps. If you got glass on it, it had to be pulled out. It had to be made in a glass factory so that it can be put into the watch. Everything has a manufacturing process to it. Everything you have on from your shoes to some of you guys have hair that was manufactured in Jesus name. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Amen. It's yours. You bought it. It's yours. It's all good. Some of us have teeth that have been manufactured in Jesus name. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Show all 32 of everything you got. It's yours, boo. But the truth is that somewhere it took raw materials to make whatever it is that you have on. And oftentimes we overlook the raw materials that it takes to walk into the promised land. And this is why I have milk and honey up here, because this, my brothers and sisters, is the finished product. This is the final process. This is what it looks like when it's all finished. But the truth is, the reason I called the sermon what I called it, is because before you get to milk and honey, you actually have to deal with some bees and some cows. Oh, let's talk about bees and cows, can we? I, I begin to look up the process of actually getting honey from bees. This is actually pretty crazy. It's not as easy as you think. They actually have these hives, and, and they put the honey into these cones. They create cones for these honey, this honey to go in, and you got to come in right for this honey, because if you come in wrong for this honey, they're going to get they going to get their sting on. They're going to they're going to tear you up into pieces. You got to have a suit on to make sure they don't get you while you're trying to get the honey. You got to have the right tools to pull stuff out of. So you got to be able to extract the honey. And the whole process is something special to see. But the truth of the matter is, is that you can't have honey without bees. And oftentimes when you deal with bees, you're dealing with an opportunity to be stung. And so oftentimes we overlook the raw materials because of the work that it takes to turn those raw materials into finished products. Ooh, this is good. You can't make bread without wheat. You can't make clothes without cotton. You can't make diamonds without mining. And you can't build homes without blueprints. And the truth of the matter is, is that there are some raw materials in your life that God has given you. There are some skills. There are some talents. There are some opportunities. There are some classes you took when you were younger. There are some experiences in your life that you've gone through that have prepared you for the promised land that you'd be able to maintain it. And the truth is, is that you overlook those raw materials and say, that's all a wash. I need to figure out a new way to do this promised land. But the truth is, is that God will put you in the promised land and force you to use what he put inside of you. Oh, this is good. And so we got to take a better inventory about our experiences and about the things that we've learned to make sure that we don't already have what we need to survive in the promised land. It reminds me when I was younger and I was selling candy. Oh, man, let me tell you, all so I was a bad mama jamma as a kid, boy. You let me give me 20 seconds of your time. You finna buy some six dollar candy in Jesus name. I was really good at it. My, listen, my, I had my whole speech down. My name is Ontario Green. I'm a part of the Junior Sales Club of Texas. This is a program to keep young men like me out of drugs, out of alcohol and out of gangs. And I'm so excited to be able to tell you about some of these wonderful products in my box. If you'll just give me 60 seconds to share with you just a moment of what I have. Oh, my gosh, he's so cute, honey. Look at it. He's so cute. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, man, we've got these yummy, yummy gummy bears and these cute little tan, tan, uh, can, uh, tins. And then when you finish the gummy bears, you can use the tin for whatever you'd like. We've got these wonderful herbal teas and these wonderful wooden boxes that you can use. And then when you pull them out, they smell wonderful. You see that smell? It smells great. We've got these amazing color books that you can lay out on the floor. And your kids can spend hours of time and give you some time to yourself. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, we've got these yummy, yum. We've got these amazing uh, caramel peanut clusters, better known as turtles. You bite them. They won't bite you back. I mean, I had it down <laughs> packed. I was selling my butt off. And here's the cool part about it. 
I was selling in nice neighborhoods. I was selling in not so nice neighborhoods. I was selling to white people. I was selling to Spanish people. I was selling to people in parking lots. I was selling to people at grocery stores. I was selling everything everywhere. And it was so difficult to sell, but I was selling it. I sold so good that I won every trophy that the organization had to offer. They had to figure out what to do next once I reached 100 boxes of candy in one day. And I had the 60 trophy, 70 trophy, 80, 90, and 100. And I'd take them to church sometime and show them off and show them how good I was at what I did. And my youth pastor was like, yeah, look at this boy here. He's selling candy. You want to buy some $6 candy? Buy it from Ontario. I mean, I was a bad mamma jamma. And I had no idea that all of that raw material, that selling to somebody, that convincing someone that $6 candy was the way to go when they could get it for a dollar at the store. I had no idea that was preparing me for what I was called to do. You see, I was selling hard products that cost $6 and I had to convince you that it was worth buying. And God was like, I'm going to use that salesman, that salesman attitude and I'm going to have you sell Jesus to people because you selling $6 boxes of candy of what they can see. I want you to sell me who they cannot see. And I want you to use those raw materials in your childhood to be able to tell people about Jesus and how good he is and how great he was and how every, how, what he did to make sure that their souls could be saved. I want you to go across the world and preach the gospel. And I want you to use those same communication skills that you were using when you were talking to people from all walks of life. You see, I taught you how to get along with everybody so that you're not weird and strange with weird with different people. I'm going to bring people from all walks of life. So I'm going to send you to Singapore and Africa and Australia and New Zealand. And you're going to preach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to trust you with building a diverse church with only 5% of pastors who look like you can produce a, 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 a diverse church. And I'm going to have you build a house that makes everybody feel welcome no matter where they're from. And that's why we do hug time because I need you to be hugging people who don't look like you. Raw materials. Can I ask you a question? What raw materials are you overlooking in your life? Have you taken a survey of all the things that you've done? All the stuff you've been exposed to? All the classes God has taken you through life? Because I really believe Romans 8 and 28. It says that all things work together for the good to them who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And I believe that even bad situations that happened in your life prepared you for the promised land and it gave you some raw materials to be able to draw from so that you can produce the milk and the honey that God is going to produce in your life. You see, they had to go and deal with some bees and they had to go and deal with some cows and they had to deal with all of the stench and all of the stinging along the way in order to produce in the promised land. And God made sure that they had some work to do once they got into the promised land to make sure that they maintained what he gave them it's important for you to understand that your raw materials are something that God can use to prepare you to walk in your promised land stop throwing away all your experiences and saying I need to start over stop it add to what you have add to what you learn add I, I, I don't understand people who get mad in seasons that didn't go the way that they wanted them to and say I'm just done with all that. I'm gonna flush all that down I'm done with all that I don't want none of that in my life what? Do you understand there were some things you learned in that season that could sustain you in the next? Do you understand there's some survival? Come on. There's some survival things that God has taught you in that last season where it was hard and it was tough and you weren't treated right. But boy, some stuff you learned in that bad boy. Maybe you learned some stuff not to do in your next season versus some things to do. Because what not to do is just as important as what to do. Maybe you saw someone make a, a mistake and you were up close and you got to see it up close and real, real tight. So now you checking that off your list. Say, when I get my shop, I'm not going to do it like that because that's how you run off customers. And when I have customers, I ain't going to act people like, like, no, no. No, no, this is how we're going to do this. All of your experiences will add to raw materials so that you can produce milk and honey when you get into the promised land. Somebody say amen. amen. And my last point is this. The promise is worth the process. The promise that God has for you, the promised land that he has for you to walk in, Man, it's worth the pain. It's worth the process that you got to go through to produce it. It's worth the rehab you got to go through. 
It's worth the, it's, it's, it's worth, it's worth the marriage that you got to push through to, to, to work it out and make it, make it happen. It's, it's worth the counseling that you got to do to fix the trauma that you've gone through in your childhood. It's worth it. I promise you, it's worth it. It's worth all the things that you're going to have to go through. It's worth the hurt and the pain that you're going through right now in this moment. It's worth it because at the end of the day, it's going to produce something that's going to help you sustain in the promised land that God is calling you to. It's worth the fight. I promise you, when you get into the promised land and you start walking in the blessing that God has for you. You'll thank God for all of your experiences. I used to hate my testimony. I hate, I hated my, I hated the story that I lived in so many different places. I, I used to have conversations with God at night as a kid, as I wet my pillows in places that I was sleeping in and, and places, uh, pl different places I was living in. I'd be so upset after watching shows like the Cosby show and Family Matters. And I'd be mad at God and saying, why couldn't you give me a family like that? How come I couldn't, how come I couldn't be raised in a house like that? Why do I I have to go through so much? Why do I not know where my mom is right now? Why do I not understand what's going on in my life? I, I, know, I, don't, I don't like what's going on in my life. And the truth is, is I don't like you very much because if you would allow me to go through something like that, what kind of God are you? Can we be real? This was my prayer as a kid. And not until I went to Bible college and started preaching the gospel did God help me see that the process was going to bring me into my promise. That all the pain that I had endured. Oh, I had tough skin when I came through all of that stuff. It's hard to offend me. You, 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 can't, you, can't, you, can't, you can't move me real easy by acting up and acting crazy. Because I've been there, done that. Got the t-shirt. You ain't going to make me mad by talking crazy to me. Because I've been there, done that already too. God was preparing me for my promised land and I didn't even know it and not until I became a pastor did God answer my prayer and said everything you went through made you tough made you courageous made you strong gave you a backbone gave you gave you this stick-to-itiveness gave you this fight gave you this relentless spirit that whatever you put, you know, anything I put in front of you, you're going to go after it with all your heart. That's what all my friends say. Like, listen, anything that guy decides he's going to do, he goes after. I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't know how he shows up every day. He got that same energy. He crazy. He's just a little crazy. I am a little crazy. I'm crazy about my purpose because I realize that this process and all of this pain I've gone through actually produced something in my life and it helped bring me into my promise this is what the children of Israel were saying is that all this pain we've gone through being in and in, in 400 years of bondage and under Pharaoh we were taught something guess what they learned how to do work hard see I, we don't want to see that we don't want to see that but they were slaves yeah but that work ethic was high when they came into the promised land they knew how to work they knew how to make brick with no straw. Imagine the bricks they were making when they had all the materials. Imagine what they built in the promised land because of what they went through. My gosh, my gosh, I feel the Holy Spirit in here. I believe as we close this service that he wants someone to change their perspective about what you think you need to be in the promised land. Let me say it the right way. I wrote it down. I want to say it. I want to pray for some people who have the wrong perspective about your promised land. Some of you were thinking you were going to get honey and milk. And that's all you want. Because after everything you've been through already, you deserve a promised land where you don't have to fight no more. Can I tell you something? When the children of Israel came into the promised land and they came into the land of Canaanite, I love this. Let me read this to you. I didn't read it in the first service, but I want to read this to you so you can see I'm not telling any lies here. I'm going to go to Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, verse 8. Let me see. I'm going to go here. Gen Exodus, not Genesis. Exodus chapter 3. Yes. Oh, this is good. This is good. Listen to this. This is in verse 8. It says, so I, so I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, and to a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, 
Did you hear all these ites that they had to deal with coming into the promised land? God says, I'm going to give you a land that's already been occupied by some other people who don't like you right now. But I'm going to give you the victory over them when you step into it. Because I'm going to prove that I'm with you when you step into the promised land. And I'm going to clear the land out of all of these ites. You're going to fight and you're going to see me show up like never before. And I'm going to clear the, I'm going to clear the, I'm going to clear the, 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 the ground out so that you can walk into your promised land. And the truth is, God will bring you into your promised land and still make you fight. <laughs> because he, he needs you to remember that he is with you. And the more you fight and the more he wins the fight and the more he makes you win because he's with you, the more glory he's going to get out of your life. And I want to change your perspective about what you believe is your promised land. I need you to know that your promised land is going to come with some effort. I know I need you to understand that your promised land is going to have some bees and some cows that you're going to have to deal with. You're going to have some stinging bees and some stinking cows. I'm going to say that again. You're going to have some stinging bees and some stinking cows to deal with when you step into your promised land. They didn't have finished materials. They didn't have milk and honey. They had to make it when they got there. They had to find those bees and, and raise those cows to be able to get the, the harvest that they were promised. And so I'm telling you, you got to change your perspective about your promised land. Your promised land is not made for you to sit down and be lazy and kick your feet up and be done. God wants you to work it so it'll work. Stand to your feet. This series is all about you understanding how blessed you are because God wants to bless you. God wants to release a blessing in your life. But the truth of the matter is, if he gives you the blessing, are you going to steward it well? Because one thing that God doesn't like is a poor steward. And some of us are praying for things that we don't have the work ethic to steward. So my prayer right now before we close this service is that God would create in you the work ethic necessary. You being able to see the raw materials in your life, that you are ready for this opportunity, that you are ready to step into this, that you have what you need, that the scripture is true when he says, I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness, that you have what you need to be successful in this promised land God is bringing you into. Bow your heads. I want to just pray for you real quick. Holy Spirit, as we close this service out, would you deal with anyone in this room who needs to be dealt with? Would you sweep this room and convict us of anything that we have looked at the wrong way? Any perspective that we had wrong about walking into the promised land. Lord, help us to see that every single situation, circumstance, everything that we've gone through, every challenge and everything that we fought through prepared us for this season of our lives. Lord, I thank you that you're going to take those raw materials and help us to produce something. I thank you for those stinging bees and those stinking cows that we got to deal with as we step into our promised land. And God, help Lord, I pray that no one would quit. My goodness gracious, I come against quitting right now in Jesus' name. You will not quit in this season right now that you're, you will not give up on what God has placed in front of you. You will not throw in the towel on your promised land. You will walk into your promised land and you will maintain it and you will walk in it and you will multiply and God is going to cause it to be blessed. And God's going to cause you to be a blessing as you don't quit. I come against quitting in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it out of your spirit in Jesus name. I pray father for a work ethic. I pray for a tenacity. I pray for a focus. I pray for a fervent mindset towards what you call them to do towards this season you have them in. Lord, let them work like never before. I rebuke lazy right now in Jesus name. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would give us the mindset and the energy to maintain the promised land you're bringing us into. In Jesus name we pray. Somebody shout amen. A little louder than that. Somebody shout amen. Sheesh. If you're watching online, say amen. This word is for you too. Don't you miss this opportunity for God to bless you in this season as well. I'm talking to everybody, not just these people in this room, but also talking to you too. God has greater in store for you if you lean into this word as well. God is good. Amen. Sheesh. Now, this is how we're going to leave this room.
We're going to leave this room singing because we're blessed. We are blessed people. Let me ask the question again. Let me ask the question again. Let me ask the question again. How many blessed people I have in the room? Okay. So here's what I need you to do. Number one, I need you guys on your way, on your way out. I'll make sure you can take care of your giving on the giving boxes on your way out. And number two, we're going to sing blessed in this room and we're going to take the beat up in this room. We're going to make sure you guys can, can, can leave this room in an up, in an uptuned way because I need you to truly believe that the, the experiences that you've gone through are setting you up for the blessing that God has you to walk into. Now, this is a multi-part series, so I need you to come back so I can take this to the next level and let's continue this journey of understanding what it means to live the blessed life. Amen. All right, as we get ready to leave, I want you to put your hands up as a sign of receiving. This is how we pray when we leave because I, I like to pray blessings over our people before we leave this room. And we're going to end this thing singing blessed. We're going to be ready. We're going to sing some good stuff. And we're going to leave this room feeling good, knowing that God has good things in store for us. Lift your hands and receive this blessing. Father, I thank you for every person in this room. God, I pray that your blessings would rest on your people. Lord, I thank you that you said that we should be blessed. I thank you that you called us to be blessed. I thank you that you redeemed us and when we got saved, we can walk in the blessing of Abraham. God, I thank you right now, Father, for open doors that no man can shut. Lord, I thank you for opportunities, business deals, people that you're going to bring in our path, Father, that we're going to partner with and do business with. Father, I thank you. I thank you that the check is in the mail. I thank you, Father, that the loan has already been approved. My goodness gracious. Lord, I thank you for grants. I thank you for free money, Father, not just money we have to pay back, but I'm praying for grants, Father, and scholarships for college students, Father, that they can go to school for free. Yeah, I'm praying for crazy stuff today. Father, I thank you that every home is blessed abundantly in this room, that they have more than enough, that overflow is coming into their homes and their houses, Father God, that not only are they going to be blessed, but you're going to challenge them to be a blessing to others around them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, right before you leave, after we, when we sing here, I want to challenge you this week to be generous. Find someone that you can bless with no expectation of return. Give something away this week. Bless somebody with coffee. Give something to someone that they can't give back to you. Help somebody at work. Do something for someone in the grocery store. Find a way to be generous this week. Can you do it? Can you do it? That's because you're blessed. Isn't that right? Let's go. We're in the Thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear more messages like this one. If you like what you heard, please share with your family and friends. Don't forget to connect with us on our website at courageouschurch.online. Courageous Church, courageous people.